To all our listeners hither and yon, welcome back to another episode of Cutting and Cutting Weight. Cutting and Weight? Cutting and Weight, yeah. Yeah, well maybe you cut and you wait. I don't know. Uh, but I guess we're a couple beers in already and I guess it's starting to show. <laughs> it's Thursday, Mike. Yeah. Dirty Mike and the boys coming to you from the F Shack. The F stands for fun. Don't worry, ladies. We're all married. You're welcome. You're welcome here anytime. Do you think we'll ever have a female host? Yeah, on the I think show? we will. There's been uh, a lot of talk from some of the listeners out there who are female, just kind of clamoring What's to get in. Our, how are we doing in that market? I, I don't know. Crushing it. Yeah, crushing it. Absolutely destroying. Par it. for the course. Smashing, yep. smashing uh, yeah, the ladies. Nice to know market. some things haven't changed. Um, well, I, I'm excited about tonight's episode for. Uh, for us, you know, in particular, for our listeners too, because we're about to take you on a, a couple of different tours, a, a magical mystery tour, I think, and then also there was. There kind was. of a tour of the taste buds through some, some pretty hefty, some pretty hefty uh, spirits here in terms of, the, uh, the yeah, and, and the the drinks we're gonna have here, and some we're gonna dive into some 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 bourbons, all right, and uh, I'm I'm looking forward to that. I'm coming to you live. Um, Dirty Mike here. It's actually probably not even live, honestly. It's because people. Not, I keep saying that. Yeah, <laughs> it's recorded live. I mean, I yeah. say that. We're, yeah, we're but, recording live here. Yeah, uh, you're, one of your hosts, Mike Stahl, here, part of a, a three-headed snake. You got Shane Mignona over here to my left, working the boards. He's our engineer. He's our sound engineer. He's our editor. He's also kind of our. Um, he's Punch, the wind beneath our wings. Punchy he's bag. Our, he's our rock. He is our rock. Um, to my right, you've got Jim Jim Ayers. Um, hey Mike, Shitty yeah. Jim, welcome back. Yeah, welcome back. It's another episode. Uh, I, I, yeah, let's let's get right down to it. I think we're we've got a lot on the table here tonight. We've got a great guest, and yeah, I think before we get into that, there's a couple maybe loose ends we need to wrap up. Um, one being, I, I had a lot of really positive response from the show last week with Jerry Simmons. He, I mean, he brought some hysterical stories. Some some funny, you know, a lot of funny stuff. Uh, one thing that, you know, I just wanted to send out to Jerry, he was telling me about his investments he was making during the big GameStop boom last week. And uh, he invested in uh, AMC stock. I don't know if you guys have followed that at all, but I remember that uh, that evening he was pretty primed to basically be able to retire this week after the the monumental jump he was forecasting. And I... I do feel bad for Jerry, and I pray to God he sold it <laughs> later that night after he told us about it, because it has plummeted, as well as GameStop, honestly, too. So I, uh, I'm just hoping, Jerry, if you're listening out there, please tell me you sold immediately after I talked with you on Friday. I think all of us have like a feeling in our gut that, that Jerry's $40 in the hole right now. Yeah. Yeah, I, and I'm just hoping he's not on the 480 bridge right now. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope it's only forty dollars. Climbing that chain link fence, yeah. And then uh, one other, one other like little tidbit. I mean, we we have some fans out there, and I'm not going to mention any names, but there was a, a good friend of ours, you know, fellow classmate of mine in high school and college, who's roommate, roommate, yeah, for for me and you, Mike, absolutely, at different different segments. Yeah, I dodged that bullet. Shane, both uh, pr- pretty regrettable experiences. <laughs> Shane somehow managed to escape there. Although Shane couldn't escape in wrestling, he was able to escape that <laughs> that ability. You win some, you lose some. I guess. <laughs> um, but he just like he just like last night he sent it out. We're in a group text with a bunch of guys, and most of the guys I think listen to the podcast. And he's like, hey, like, have you ever heard of this band Kiss? 
Yeah, it's it's K I S S. The S's look like lightning bolts, and uh, I got to tell you, they they really bring the the rock and roll. And they they put like all this makeup on their face, and I think they're gonna make it big one of these days. I'll tell you, it, it really is interesting. These guys from Jersey, they 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 uh, they do themselves up. They're wearing leather, and and they they really rock it out. I'll that that Gene Stanley, wow, <laughs> yeah. what a talent! He can. Did you did you see his tongue? He could really slap that bass. Oh my. God goodness he's something else yeah he, yeah so, so you uh, so you know who you are who we're speaking to and uh, it's funny because this person came from a certain suburb of cleveland that i would have thought kiss would have been indoctrinated in your normal listening like you, in the womb the doctor doesn't spank you to get you to breathe he brands you with a with a kiss tattoo I you just start hearing east lake rock city i just assumed that was the most popular halloween costume for all four-year-olds <laughs> It was for two decades. Yep. <laughs> it might still be. I haven't been there in a while, but you never know. Yeah, no, but but hey, good. I'm good on him for stumbling hey, upon better, it. Better late than never, right? He's not wrong. It's a great. It's a great band, and what they've done with their brand is is uh, brand done. What is unprecedented? Frankly, I mean, it's fantastic. And we're probably going to be sued for using that song by Gene Simmons. Yeah, they do actually watch that pretty closely. It would it would be Ace Freely, or maybe or that'd be the best thing that ever happened. Is that'd be the most publicity and the most like <laughs> notoriety we would have ever gotten. Yeah, so our goal, our goal right now is probably to try to get sued. Like that's <laughs> that's our quickest way to start them. If you're listening, Ace or Gene or Paul or or Peter, yeah, <laughs> bring it, bring it, bring it. Cutting cutting weight at Outlook.com. <laughs> yeah, that's that's right. Well, I guess without further ado, let's uh, let's introduce our guest tonight. He's uh, a guy that I've known, geez, for probably fifteen plus years. I'm guessing he yeah. was a uh, a former wrestler of mine when I was coaching at John Carroll, and then he ended up spending some time coaching at John Carroll for a while. He um, really good guy. You know, he's one of the guys from my coaching experience. You just love working with, just hard worker, always wanting to get better, and uh, it was a pleasure to have him as a you know as an athlete and now you know we've become pretty good friends and spend time together whether it's golfing or hanging out and uh you know so i'm excited that he's here tonight he's you know currently still living in the area married has a couple young boys and um he sells stuff that lifts heavy stuff that's which it's pretty pretty interesting so and uh that's all the details i really know about him i don't know him that well i just know he sells things that lift heavy things um but I think the, the one of the cool things that he's going to kind of help us with tonight, he's a big fan of drinking, primarily bourbon. So he's been collecting and sampling bourbons pretty significantly, I would say, for the last maybe five years or so. Yep. And he's, he's you know garnered quite a collection of some rare bourbons, some ones that maybe aren't like crazy expensive, but he, you, could, you, know, you kind of do your homework and figure out that you can get them and they're great. As well as some ones that are probably you know worth a lot of money and you know people would collect them and invest in them honestly. So, without further ado, originally from Syracuse, New York, That's now true. hailing Shaker Heights, Ohio, it's Dan Meisner. Dan, thanks for joining us tonight, guys. I feel just buzzing right now. 
from the alcohol, but also that I'm finally here in the cutting weight cabin. Yeah, you've. I mean, you've been pretty hardcore about trying to get your way onto the show. I mean, the constant texts, multiple emails, yeah. calling in the middle of the night, like, Crying. "Hey guys, can I come on this week? Can I come on this week?" Yeah. Well, I, the one time I stayed on your on your porch all night, that was over the line. But that was watched an entire episode being recorded from outside the window, and that, that was holding a sign up that just said, "Guys, can I come on next week?" It was liquor fueled, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I have something to say about that. If you, uh, yeah. yeah, no, that that's great. I look for the listeners that are out there that are interested in being a part of this show, bringing your own booze. Huge, big yeah. selling point. Exponentially, you move to the front of the line point. with yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, so that yeah. that takes like the ten dollars we usually spend on a six pack, like straight out of that cost, right into our budget. I don't know. I don't know where it goes from there. Yeah, but we I think we're, we're still in the red. Getting sure. a better domain name than cutting weight at outlook.com, probably. We thought about clownpenis.fart, but it's not. It was available. taken. But, uh, but it was taken by dot, last week's dot guest. Fart is not a hosting site yet. Yeah. Not yet, yet. But I mean, they're going to run out eventually. I just think we found our moneymaker. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, I've been very inspired by the show. Um, you know, I. After you guys had an author on, Sean Fee, I, I started to do a little bit of my own writing. Um, I've started a, an, uh, an exotic um, comedy, short stories featuring Shitty Jim. Um, it's uh, inappropriate, but maybe I'll share some of it later. It's a cartoon. We don't, I mean, we don't have to. We're probably going to run out of time before we get into too much of that. <laughs> That's fine. It's a cartoon. I ran out of brown marker, though. <laughs> so it's going to be a while before they're back in stock. Right. It's uh, maybe well, good. It's it's a fan. I'm I'm glad uh, I'm glad you like the show, and I'm glad uh, we're happy to have you. Tell us a little bit about what, what's on the table here. What are we looking? Yeah, at? Yeah, you got. I mean, looks like he you know he he showed up with some crazy beer cans that uh, have some cool designs on it. So let's talk about that first. Kind of, yeah. yeah, it looks like a like a Danzig back tattoo. There's a lot of there's a lot of skulls on their artwork, but uh, the six beers I brought for you guys tonight uh, are all from Adroit Theory Brewing. Um, originally out of Purcellville, Purcellville, Virginia, and uh, they're not available in Ohio, but um, the reason I'm able to get these beers is because a good friend of mine uh, was hired to do all of their marketing pictures. So social media, their Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all of the pictures they use to advertise their beers, my buddy takes. Um, so and he's he worships Satan? Yeah. yeah. So um, he, he might be so he's, Satan. He's a dragon sure. slayer, apparently, based yeah. on the... Well, and also uh, a medieval knight, according to some of them, too. Wow. Sounds but, like um, a busy cat. Yeah. He does a lot of Renaissance work. Um, He's a LARPer? Yeah. <laughs> Lightning bolt. Lightning bolt. But they uh, they specialize in very boozy IPAs, a bunch of triple hazies. I brought three different tri- triple hazies for you today. Um, they also do very aggressively hopped. I mean, I know you guys are a big fan of passive aggressive yeah. hops. But uh, very aggressive, and I think three of them are ten percent. There's an eight percent in there. I brought a Russian Imperial Stout that's a twelve percent, and there's also a Belgian Quad Ale that is a twelve percent as well. So this stuff's going to be stronger than the bourbon. It sounds like it'll be. Yeah, they. It was on the border of uh, instead of APV proof. You guys had talked about that with uh, jumping the shark a few episodes ago, and uh, that's a real very, student of the show. Very close. Yeah. Well, I mean, I listen to you guys on my long runs. I get bored with songs, so I'll. Throw one of your guys' podcasts he'll, on. He'll text me it. on Saturday morning and be like, "Is there a podcast coming up soon?" I'm trying to figure out what yeah. I'm going to listen to for my yeah. run. But it's been um, it's been super entertaining. But anyways, this guy he's the type of guy that is a beer snob, so he'll only drink one. But to take these pictures, 
Adroit will send him a case of one of these beers. So after he's done taking the pictures, he's got all these extras. So he'll text me and another guy and say, hey, can you guys meet up this place? And uh, he'll just give us tons of these beers. So, I'm, I mean, it's it's been great for my budget because I haven't been spending as much money on beer, but I've been drinking way more than I probably should. Tell us so. about, so I, I see some metrics on the side of them, and you already mentioned, you know, the high alcohol content. And then, you know, they are very neatly, I mean, extremely well done, well decorated yeah. uh, can, very stylish. But then also it's got a, it's got a metric here that I'm not familiar with, Ghost. So a lot of the a lot of the metrics on the side are actually going to be the different types of hops they put in, um, and I'm not as ex- as an expert on the hops, but I know that they do a lot with uh, citric mosaics. Uh, Zaka is a big one. There's a Galaxy hops, and they are really good at kind of mixing in all these different types of hops to make. And you can see it; it almost looks like orange juice. You can't see through any of their wow. beers. Yeah. They're so cloudy and so hazy, but you will not think that you're drinking a 10 percent. A ten percent IPA when you're well, we're gonna find out in a second because I just cracked the, the first one here and it's called Reg- Regime and it's uh, Vagine, 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 like it's, sleep it's of wizard. It's called Regime yeah. and uh, it's like a warrior with a snake around his neck and some cobras flanking both yeah. sides. It's a, uh, it looks like it's a triple hazy IPA. Yep, ten um, percent. So not for the faint of heart, Shane. Um, <laughs> I just had a sip and passed out. So I'm back now. So <laughs> we're gonna, back. yeah, I just cracked it. We're gonna do a little sample here okay. of each and yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. see what we think. Shane, have you tried it yet? What do you, what's the verdict here? Initially? I did. It's it's. Um, I mean, you said it looked like orange juice. It almost it has really a, a citrusy, orangey yep. taste to it. It's really smooth. It's almost got like a creaminess to it. Yep. Um, excellent. See, they've gotten so big. They're out of, like I said, they're out of, oh, wow. uh, Vir- they're out of Virginia. But they've gotten so big that they partner with uh, a couple different breweries all across the country. There's uh, one in D.C. and then there is another in Orlando that they've hired out to just uh, brew and then can their beers because their demand has gotten huge. I mean, they ship pallets of beer literally all over the world. There's like places in Japan and yeah. probably North Korea. Um, I would imagine just based on the artwork, there's probably a lot going to North Korea. Um, Dan, you're you're a connoisseur, so I'm looking at the can here, and I've noticed in other beers, and it's probably what gives it some of the creaminess. There's lactose. Yeah. What do they use that for? Do you know? Uh, Mostly to make sure that people that are lactose intolerant don't drink it. I think (laughs) they're they're really trying to go away from the lactose intolerant. It's actually just one of the brewers' fetishes. He he milks (laughs) women into the yeah the kettle every now and then. Yeah, where do they get the lactose from? I want to research. See, Shane, when when a man loves a woman. I did not think we were going there, but actually continue, please. I'd like to know. <laughs> yeah, Dan, still hold on. Let, me, let me grab my pen. This is uh, this is good, and 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 I will say it pairs well with Copenhagen. Yes. Yep. Yeah. But uh, yeah, this is you can't see through it. It's very cloudy. Talk about hazy. I mean, this is this is straight forecast IPA right here. Yeah, but it's not. It, it's really smooth. It doesn't seem like for being a ten percent beer. It doesn't seem like overly no it doesn't alcohol overpower flavor. I mean. No. That's Which is extremely a, dangerous. Yeah, you could have a couple of those, and then uh, next thing you know, you're yeah, I mean, making, the, making your phone call from jail. <laughs> yeah, the guy that takes the pictures, the guy that takes the pictures is pretty incredible because he'll be able to taste a beer and be able to pick out which hops are in it just based off like the smell and the taste and everything else. He's he's way more advanced than me. I think some of the, you know some of these beers you would put you know. A lot of them, citra hops and everything else. Sometimes you put a an orange slice or a you know, 
you know, Corona. An entire lime, orange. Yeah. Or whatever. This one, you crack an egg right <laughs> yeah. into yeah. it. And, yeah. and the egg actually boils. <laughs> <laughs> it's cooked. The egg boils. This is... This it's is, a fork uh, beer. Yeah, this is fantastic. Oh, good. I'm, I'm excited. Glad you, I'm glad you excited like to it. see what the next what the next yeah, one. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll probably just keep uh, you know doing some sampling. Yeah, yeah. As we go, the next one has snakes coming out of uh, coming out of a skull, so that one should be really yeah. aggressively hopped. What's um Dan? Now in your notes, I know like you did a good job. I said Dan, send me some information about you, even though I've known you for a long time. Like I want to know what makes you tick. You know, what are you about? What can we talk about that our listeners would really enjoy? And the first thing you mentioned is how much you hate the Cleveland Browns. So not the first thing I almost decided that you know we were going to do the quote-unquote rescheduling that would never happen. But I'm going to let you have your day in court. Why? What have they ever done to you that would cause you to have such hatred towards probably the team that will be the Super Bowl champions multiple times for the next you know two decades? So it started after well, I had I, too I, many of these beers, <laughs> and I ended up in Muni lot and woke up and uh, was just taken advantage of. It has nothing to do with the actual... And it wasn't even football season. <laughs> no. Oh, okay. So no. That was just oh, a bad night. That it, was, it was June. It was actually 4th of July. That it might is, be the best excuse I've ever heard. I was gang raped by Browns fans. Okay. Well, yeah. fair enough. I mean... All right, I'll let that one JTS, slide. JTS, Jets, Jets, Jets from here on out. Yeah, for sure. No, it has nothing to do with what the Cleveland Browns have done to me. And before this year, I mean, what could they have really done to anybody? You know? I mean, they've been so atrocious. Well, they've been... Awesome to so many. Yeah, well, have they, though? Have they? (laughs) Well, I think they have not... People in Cleveland, but every other city, That's like they've true. been very gracious. They've it's it's mostly the generous. fans. I, I remember when when you drafted uh, Miles Garrett, and I had two or three different guys that I worked with at my old job come up to me and bet me gobs of money that the Browns were going to go ten and six at the very worst that year, and it, it was just this reoccurring. Every well, maybe you just work with dickheads. Well, that was true. That's why I left. Yeah, <laughs> well, that was yeah. one of the big reasons. Okay, I left. so don't don't deflect all that <laughs> hatred to the Browns. But I it mean, was this never-ending. Focus it on the jackoffs you work with. It was this never-ending cycle of usually the beginning of January. You wait till next year. You shithead. We're gonna kill you guys next year. Blah blah blah. Yeah. All the way up until. And some years it was like October fourth, whatever. Like two weeks into the season, it was when they were mathematically uh, eliminated. We're gonna <laughs> we're gonna wait till next. We're gonna wait till next year, and it ended up being like like you guys hate yourselves so much. You guys are masochists in such a way that I've grown to hate you too. So, and that's not to say but, it's all I mean, Cleveland Browns fans. Can't you, you, you fi- can't you find some respect in the? overall like universal positivity of the browns fans because we've had been shit on for so long and we still somehow find it in our hearts like you know what fuck it this is the year guys yeah the resiliency of the fans yeah but also but also it became this thing where like i don't know anybody that i only talk to just to talk shit about football (laughs) but every week this past year literally every every sunday afternoon i would get text messages and facebook messages from people that i didn't even know i'm getting these random text messages they're like fuck you we're gonna kill you guys and stuff and i'm like who is this like i haven't talked to you in years and people are like sending me gifs and stuff i'm like i I still don't know number to all my friends and that's probably what it was so are so dan i have to call you out on that are they gifs i mean are you 55 years old i mean (laughs) yeah they're gifs gifs i think gifs a peanut butter j-i-f-f-s i think they're um mike so you get it i have a similar experience because you know you you know i'm a steelers fan sure and the other day 
great friend of the show, great friend of mine, sends me, you know, 10 minutes worth of Steelers fans after the Browns lost videos. Yeah. And I had to, I, it took me back and I said, Frank, is it a slow night at, at the household? Like, what's going on? He's like, <laughs> he didn't have to tell me. I already knew kind of what was going on. I was like, yeah, I'm drinking bourbon and yeah. watching the kids. <laughs> One of the most, yeah, I- no, no doubt. The most iconic. Hey, the we're mo- not judging here, Frank. The most iconic Browns fan talking shit to me minding my own business happened at a winking lizard in Lakewood. And I'm sitting, I'm sitting there on a Thursday. So okay. this, is, this is classic. I, and I grew up in Lima, Ohio, which is Browns territory, and being thrown like dog bones at my face at school yeah. when it was wear your jersey to school. You guys are, when you're good... You're you're not that insufferable. Yeah, you are insufferable. Hard, hard. Yeah. Well, it, it well, was a fucking buckle up, cowboy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Times are changing. It was a thir- a, it was a Thursday. I'm the Bengals so sad. the like, Bengals were playing the Jets. And, oh, and by sitting, the way, Dan's a Bengals fan. Yeah, I'm so. a Bengals fan. Joe Burrow fan. Anyways, <laughs> yeah. it, it was a Thursday. The Bengals are playing the Jets, so nobody else is playing. It's Thursday night football, and I'm sitting in a winking lizard, minding my own business. You know, happy to watch the Bengals in Cleveland because it doesn't happen often. And this girl comes it's up twice to me a year actually. Yeah. Well. Well, not often though. She comes up to me and she goes, "Yeah, the Bengals suck." And I was like, "All right, well, we're playing the Jets. Like, who's your favorite player?" And she's like, "I don't know." And I was like, "You don't know?" I was like, "Who plays quarterback for the Browns?" She's like, "I don't know." I'm like, "I'm supposed to stump you on tight end, maybe, but you can't go up to a stranger in a bar to talk shit and not even know who your quarterback is. Like, That's come right. on." Yeah, yeah. There's there's this thing where like people in Ohio are plastering. The state of Ohio, all over everything they wear, yeah. like that's the new trend. And then uh, I feel like the that's, also, but that's kind of like a national thing. Like you maybe, go to any other yeah. state, and it's like you're, you can they'll sell you like a West Virginia hat with just a West Virginia. <laughs> Dan's got like a what is that? That's North Carolina. North Dan's Carolina. got a fucking North Carolina state on his hat. Like what my company is. Well, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm basically a local. I own property down there. <laughs> I almost wore a Colorado hat today. <laughs> so it's interesting though. But the, I would say the the arrow for the Bengals is pointing up. You'd not think so, not yeah. quite as not quite as high maybe as as the, the Browns fans. Well, um, Burrow was on his way to a really stellar yeah, rookie he's season. Have a, he's I, you know, the arrow's pointing up. They're going to have a great draft pick yeah. this year. They're going to have they're going to start building. I will say that as much as I hate the Browns, I hope that that rivalry overtakes the the dead rivalry of the Browns versus the Steelers. Because I'm sorry, Mike, but. We can all we can all deal with the Steelers being bad for a little while because because they've true. been able to fight back through you know Big Ben's all of his scandals and That's you know true. his broken body for the last couple of years. It'll be nice. It'll be nice if that rivalry is an Ohio rivalry for a little while. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I mean, it's time for a changing of the guard, and I'll I'll sit patiently and wait for the Roonies to rebuild a dynasty. And- Mike yeah. Mike's just in his little cave, just like. <laughs> You know, like Bart, Mr. Burns from The Simpsons. <laughs> but but look, the Ravens aren't going anywhere. No, and yeah. that that's really that's, that's well. As long as Lamar Jackson keeps is there and like doing okay, they'll be good. Um, but you know, unfortunately for whether and it's you know we have a couple of Browns fans, a Bengals fan, and a Steelers fan sitting here right now. But unfortunately for all of us, and even if you're a Ravens fan, it's like probably the best all-around division in football right now. They have seen North, so, yeah. you know. Absolutely. And again, like, you know, I don't, I don't like any of the other teams in the AFC North, but, like, I have to agree that Burroughs is looking the part, and I think the Bengals are probably going to be, you know, on an upward swing too. So, but I would say, like, the Steelers are the one team that's kind of the question mark. Like, you don't know what's going on or where 
where their quarterback situation is, and Mike just drew a big arrow going down. <laughs> well, um, look, and did, that might have been anyone, that might have that arrow going down might have meant like Big Ben doing something to a girl in the bathroom. I don't even know. <laughs> what if Deshaun Watson is quarterback for the Steelers next year? Though he's going uh, somewhere. So my my uh, nine year old son, who's going to be a future Adam Schefter, has been researching this, and uh, he he had his hopes high that Aaron Rodgers' time in Green Bay would be over. And uh, he would somehow Ben would step down, and then he would somehow end up in Pittsburgh. That'd be the worst He's thing also, ever. He'd also hope that uh, JJ reunites with his brothers. But but here's my prediction: Wouldn't it be a total Big Brother thing to do to like join the Bengals or the Browns <laughs> instead? Oh, yeah. I think I think there's a chance that JJ Watt ends up with the Browns. I'm basing it yeah. on just a couple things I've read and articles and how it, the fit could work, but. And probably also just like my wishes that that happens. Yeah, sure. <laughs> but uh, we'll, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. I w- look, I mean, the Steelers have had it pretty good. They've got like 30 unrestricted free agents right now. The team's not going to look like it does um, currently next next fall. So we'll see what happens. Let's get back to drinking. Yeah, here we take go. Our, yeah. Take our guests through the stages. What of do we got here, Dan? Looks like this is the skull with uh, it's like an octopus maybe coming out of its head. Yeah, those are uh, those are octopus snakes. It's a hybrid that they've bred in the uh, in the beer vat in the in the mash bills. Um, that's going to be another triple hazy. And um, the first one we had this regime or resume, as you as you might say. <laughs> I think it's a French one. It's yeah, very French. French beer. It's part of a series. There's another one that I brought. Uh, I think it's Resist, which is uh, an excellent a Rise Up. There's also a Resist, but this one's Rise Up. It's part of a part of a series, and it's been kind of their flagship, where they've even started making uh, pint glasses out of these labels. The labels are really killer. I hope we get a picture for uh, already done. Nice for the Instagram post. Um, that one right there, the one that Jim's got, is another triple hazy. It's another ten percent, so pretty boozy. But again, you're not gonna you're not gonna feel like you're drinking a ten percent IPA. You're gonna feel like you're drinking a, a lactated uh, no. form of orange juice. Well, this, say this before we go too far, like this one we're drinking now, it's called Evangelion. Is that right, or is it the Armasail? I don't know. Your your guess is as good as mine. But it's I, we promised ourselves we wouldn't read on this. Oh, show. that's right. Fuck. I forgot about yeah. that. No more reading. I will say I'm going to read, but I won't read verbatim. But I do think another cool thing that this these beers have is it shows you don't, if you're into don't, it. Don't, if, if, don't. Food. It's a, F with two O's and a D. What are we looking? Oh, food. Foad. Yeah. No, it shows you a different food that might pair well with that. Different right. cheeses that might pair well with it. And if you're into cigars. What kind of cigar you should smoke while you're drinking this? My only complaint about Adroit, though, is that every food, cheese, and cigar that they pair it with are things that are also very hard to come by. I mean, it's like coffee rubbed short ribs with, you know, and then the cigar is probably Cuban. It's not something that you're going to be able to find in the stores. It's like... So it's like it, pizza, know, American, down, and Swisher Sweets. <clears throat> go down to your local. <laughs> just if you're interested in a cheese that pairs well with this, go down to your local Giant Eagle and pick out just a. Uh, Are you just reading? A quarter pound of Fontana Valdosta. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! What I would give uh, for even a, an eighth of a pound of that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it'll it'll back up the plumbing a little bit, but uh, yeah, interesting. So, so, did we taste this one yet? I did. How is it, Shane? It's good. It's uh, chain poured half of it. <laughs> this one's a little. This one tastes a little more alcohol than the last one. I mean, yeah. I, know I know they're the same percentage, but this one feels a little stronger to me. 
um, just flavor-wise. Well, but I, I think I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure there is more hops, more different types of hops in the one we're drinking now. There's uh, Mosaic, Citra, and I shouldn't read either, Moutier, Sultana, and Simcoe. Yeah, we're not yeah. reading anymore. Yeah, no yeah, more reading. Yeah. Nope. But it's, it's good. I mean, it tastes similar, I think, to the first one, but... Maybe a little bit different bite at the end. I don't know what words to use. I, I don't know how to read very well. Well, there, in the, the the cool thing about these is that my wife is not uh, an IPA fan or was not these an aren't IPA bitter. Fan. These aren't for no. as much alcohol as in them, and probably like I don't know what the IBUs are, but these are not bitter at all. No, and my wife has started to enjoy these as well. So now I have to share them. Which, oh. Speaking so of sharing, them Dan, yes, there's a story that you thought would be a good one for the listeners that you could share about. Um, your fear of blood is was I right in saying that or yeah you, you 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 don't like blood so I have a history of passing out when it comes to uh, my own blood that's how it started uh, I cut my finger open really bad and passed out I was at work um, and I was bleeding pretty profusely out of my thumb and I was told to turn around and show it to my boss and as I turned around he goes oh man you're gonna need stitches and as he said that the lights went out and I fainted and instead of fainting forward which would have been nice because he was there I fainted backwards and just did a straight plank drop and yeah. he said that my head bounced, bounced off well there was no one behind me so I didn't trust anybody <laughs> oh, no. yeah no. I, I still don't trust anybody lack of <laughs> lack of trust yeah he said my head bounced off the floor twice and the lights went out and while I was out I had a dream that somebody was holding my arms so as I started to come to I started swinging and there were two guys above me so that was the first time I passed out the second time I passed out I was again it was a work trip I was on my way to Los Angeles for a day just a day we were going to fly out in the morning we had some work to do on the port and then we were going to fly back on the red eye so I didn't have any extra clothes with me six o'clock out of Cleveland to Dallas we had a short layover in Dallas and then LAX and on the way out my boss who is my old boss but he's my current boss now he goes you want to start drinking and I was like, yeah, all right. Like, it's 6.30 in the morning, but let's get after yeah, it. We're yeah, going to Uber yeah. while we're there. You know, it was a pretty easy day. And uh, so we both ordered a couple vodkas with orange juice or Bloody Marys, whatever it was. And we started watching a movie. You guys remember the movie Martian? No. Okay, it's the one where he's on Mars. Oh, is Matt the, Damon? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, gotcha. So in the first, like, 10 minutes, there's an explosion in the building, and he gets, like, stabbed with a piece of rebar. There's a piece of rebar out of his stomach. And uh, the camera, yeah, the camera zooms in on him, and he's like trying to do surgery because he's left back on Mars. And my boss, who again knew at the time that I was not great with blood, he looks over at me and he goes, "Hey, are you going to be okay?" And as he's asking me that, I'm taking the earbuds out of my ears because I'm starting to feel it. And well, how how many drinks had you had at this point? Just two, just two. And I, in preface, the only other thing I had had consumable that day was just a cup of coffee because again it's like 6 30 in the morning not a hydrator not a hydrator and uh my eyes he said my eyes rolled in the back of my head and i fainted <laughs> on the plane and again it's a 6 a.m out makes on that like flake a, a lot quicker I on tell a you that. tuesday Damn, yeah. and uh when i came to i had no idea where i was you know the lights are off i'm on a plane it's really loud no idea where i was and i start panicking and he said he started slapping me in the <laughs> face to get me to come to because he's freaked out because i'm passed out the problem was is that Again, I had had a cup of coffee and two vodkas, and it's 6.30 in the morning. So while I was out cold, I 
pissed myself. <laughs> and when I say when I say I pissed myself, I don't uh, a little we bit. Don't, we don't use that language. We say we relieved ourselves. I relieved myself, and not in a way that like a little bit came out. It was like I had been holding it for a while, and I I relieved myself a lot. Okay, there was a lot of relief. So as I as I came to, I also started to feel nauseous because the blood rushes back to your head when you start to come to, and I start to like dry heave a little bit. And he goes, he goes, hey, are you okay? Are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I, I think so, but I, I, I think I pissed my pants. And he goes, I know you did. You need to get yourself to a bathroom. And you so, had no clothes anyway. To well, change so, so I go, so I get up and I go to the front of the plane. But they had just started like the drink service, and so she was at the front of the Not plane. What the hell? I'll take another plane. <laughs> yeah, Make a double and, the, and, a, and a vial of blood, please. I, yeah. need to, I need to sleep this off. The flight attendant says, "Sir, we're not done yet. You need to sit down." And I said, "I am in bad shape. I need to get to a bathroom." And she goes, "Sir, sit down." So at this point, like I turned around, there's nobody behind me. So I sprint to the back of the plane, and we're in like the first five rows, and it's a big plane from Cleveland to Dallas. So I sprint all the way to the back of the plane and go into the bathroom. And I'm like, I have no clothes and I'm on a work trip with my boss and I have pee everywhere, right? Like, up, like it is. It's from belly button shirt, to knees. Your, shirt, I, yeah. your shirt's tucked in, so it's like it's, it's high. It's not great. It's not. It was January. So it's I had slowly like, saturating I had like four everything. layers on and like the bottom of every shirt like had like pee on it. So I, so I get in the bathroom and I'm like, all right, triage mode. Like, what am I going to do? I'm like, well, the underpants are done. So I... T- so I stripped down. I t- take did, all my clothes off. Did you flush off. them down the, the, no. the airplane thing? No. Oh, I would love to see what happens. No, so I, I take all my clothes off. I throw my underwear away. That would have been like a pissy Dan story. It, yeah, of- I would have been pissy Dan. <laughs> relieving Dan. So, and weirdly enough, there's a stack of those like lemon moist towelettes for like when you're eating wings, like in the bathroom. So I rip open all of them and I like start like dabbing myself. The problem was... that's going to work. The problem was is that at this point... The, stu- the flight attendant, they're not stewardesses anymore, the flight attendant realized that there was something wrong because she saw a grown man sprinting to the back of the bathroom with like, you know, my face is white. And what most people don't know is that the no smoking sign on the outside of an airplane bathroom, it slides to the side and there's a release that will unlock it. So as I'm standing there ass naked, trying to clean myself with these lemon moist towelettes, the fucking door opens and the stewardess is standing there and she's like, what is going on? And I wrench the door closed and she's like, are you okay, sir? I'm like, no, I'm not okay. Do not open the door again. So I finally got myself cleaned up. I took off and I might've been even wearing this shirt. Who knows? And I tied it around my waist so that nobody could tell that my jeans were covered in pee. That's not obvious. And I walked to, I walked back up to the front of the plane and my boss is sitting there trying not to laugh. He was being a very nice guy about it. And he had already looked up that when the gate that we landed at in Dallas had a, like a Brooks brothers or something right next to it. And also the nice thing was, it was a three person row. I had been sitting in the middle so we could watch Martian on his TV. So I got to sit on the outside. The middle one was it like totally soaked with piss. It wasn't a leather seat; it was a cloth seat. So there was pee oh, just so clean up aisle six. Yeah, and the stewardess came by. She's like, "Are you all right?" And I was like, "Yeah, uh, I passed out." And she goes, "Well, that's why you shouldn't have vodka at six thirty in the morning." And I'm like, "I don't need that." She's like, "Would you like a banana?" I was like, "Yeah, I'd like a banana." So, so, yes, ma'am. Thank yeah. you. I think some potassium would do us all. Yeah. And my boss goes, he goes. uh he goes, I swear to you, I will take this story to my grave. But could I tell my wife when we get home? And I was like, Yeah, of course you can. And I was mortified about wow. this story for the first this six months. This boss of yours is probably the nicest guy in the world. Like, yeah, I was super been, texting yeah. people. I would have had pictures. Yeah. I would have been texting everyone I knew. Well, for months later, for months later, I would get a text message at like eight o'clock at night on a Friday and be like, Hey, I'm out with friends. Can I tell the piss in your pants story? <laughs> I'd be like, Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> 
So I'm going to update my resume and submit this to uh, wherever you work because this sounds like a pretty great place. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. The, the only other time I, I, I fainted because of blood was uh, during the first time I tried to get a vasectomy. Yeah, you said that in your bio. That that was like... The first time? Yeah, you wrote like during my first vasectomy. So that it, made me wonder like what's, uh, what so, happened with that one and how many more have there been? Well... So, uh, for those that don't know, it's an in it's an inpatient procedure. So you're you know basically go to an exam room at a doctor's office and they do the whole thing there. I didn't know any of this, so I'm laying there and I didn't tell my doctor that uh, hey I you know am not great with blood. I'm not great with needles. I'm not great with knives. If you pull any I'm of those out, with you slicing in. things around my balls. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Turns out so, all three of those are involved with right. me. So he's like trying to make like conversation and stuff. And, you know, he hits me with the anesthesia and, you know, he's like, all right, so you're not going to feel a thing, but we'll listen to music. You know, we can talk. It's going to be about 40 minutes. So just, you know, try to relax and, you know, not pay attention to what's going on. Well, I felt the first incision and I go, ow, ow, ow. <laughs> and he goes, you can feel that? I'm like, yeah, dipshit, I can feel that. And he goes, well, the anesthesia should kick in. I'm like, well, why hasn't it? And well, it's, it's not working. This is not working. And he's like, well, maybe I'll give you some more. And as he's saying that, my eyes roll in the back of my head and I faint again. And I piss my pants. <laughs> well, luckily <laughs> I, I jizz myself. Yeah, luckily I, I wake up on a flight to Dallas, Fort Worth. <laughs> Luckily, I didn't piss myself because they tape everything pointing up, so I would have it would have gone everywhere. But I came to and again had no idea where I was, and I start panicking. I start to have a panic attack, and at this point, he had called the nurse in because he's terrified that he killed somebody. So the nurse is holding one hand, he's holding the other, and then I've got like you know the sheet that's taped over with the box exposing everything. And they finally convince me that everything's okay and that I'm in the doctor's office. Right? How about and, waking up to that? Like you're passed out. Yeah. You wake up you don't know what's going on you're taped down they got a, a square over your junk and a in like a scalpel ready to go. like that's Very not terrifying. what you want to wake up to <laughs> well and i go and i had no idea how long i was out so once i figured out what was going on i go I, I was like are we done and he goes no it's been 15 seconds he goes i'm stitching you back up you got to hold it together i'm you're coming back in two weeks and i'm going to put you under to finish this thing oh my God. so he had to he had to stitch me up we're gonna have to go in through the rectum <laughs> You're delayed on your so stomach, you, so you, so can't you see literally anything. had like half of a vasectomy done. Not even. I think he made one incision. Was like, and I passed out. And this doctor was like, "This kid's never gonna last. We gotta put this kid. We gotta put this kid under." I'm not dealing with this on a Friday. Yeah. So they. So I had to go to main. I had to go to main campus, and they shot all the drugs in me, and I was in twilight. And coincidentally, stayed in the hospital for four days. And yeah. <laughs> coincidentally, when I came to the anesthesiologist who was with you the entire time, I came to, and I'm stoned, super stoned from the drugs. And uh, when I start to come to in the recovery room, he comes back and he goes, so Woodford double oaked, right? And I go, what? And he goes, you don't remember that you've been trying to sell me bourbon for the last 45 minutes for your procedure? And I was like, no. And he goes, well, I'm getting a bottle of that as soon as, as, soon as I'm off my shift. So even passed out, I'm thinking about bourbon. That says a lot about me. That's, a, that's the only, well, it's funny though, because I have other guys that I've talked to that have went in and had like some horrific vasectomy Stories. Some guys I've talked to, it's like, yeah, it's no big deal. You go in, you know, you're sore for an afternoon. And but I've talked to some other guys that uh, it's <laughs> it sounds horrible. It's not great. So I I, I had it done. It was yeah, it, was, it wasn't. I had no problems. Yeah, well, well you're you're the toughest guy we know. You, Shane. you went in for a vasectomy and they just ended up sewing your labia <laughs> together. <laughs> what? I, that's why I wasn't going to say something. <laughs> some I guys knew like exactly what joke Mike was going to make. <laughs> 
Yeah, but <laughs> we're all- just going to go straight for the hysterectomy, Shane. I, I don't think uh, vasectomy is really going to work. Yeah, for you. actually, you know, your ovaries are in great condition. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. I'm not. I knew it. As soon as it came out of my mouth, like I knew exactly what was gonna happen. I was just like throwing the bait out of Shane, just reeling it up. Here it comes. He's gonna say it. He's gonna say it. Oh yeah, my, I'm like a great white shark. My eyes rolled black. <laughs> <laughs> I bit. We'll talk uh, about blood. Blood in the water. Pass out and pee in the cutting weight cabin. <laughs> Horrible segue, but mentioning black. Tell the story real quick. I know we've got a couple of things we want to touch on, but about the Black Lives Matter signs in your yard. Oh, my God. It's pretty funny. So uh, I bought uh, five Black Lives Matter signs because I had three or four other neighbors that also wanted them. And uh, the woman got my address. She was another neighborhood woman. And she's like, well, I'll just drop them off when they get here. And where you live, like, it's a very diverse community. It's very not, diverse. Yeah. I mean, out of the cutting weight cabin, we're out in the country. It's probably, there's not there's that much diversification out here. I think you could agree to that, Mike. No, I think Chicken Falls is one of the least diverse. <laughs> it was, it was yeah. voted the least diverse, and I happen to live in Curlin, which was voted the second least diverse. Yeah. I mean, Shaker Heights is like the one of the more inner suburbs. Like To get to downtown, I drive down Kinsman. So, I mean, it's a very diverse neighborhood. And uh, what I didn't realize is that it would take like two weeks to get these things. And I left for vacation. So apparently I get back from vacation and I'm getting text messages like, like, oh, your Black Lives Matter sign. That's really cool and stuff. And I get uh, and I get home after being gone for two weeks and there are five Black Lives Matter signs all the way across my front, my front yard. And apparently they'd been there for two weeks because not only did she deliver them, but she also installed all five of them across my entire front yard. And I had neighbors come to me and they're like, wow, you're really taking it seriously. I'm like, I didn't know that she was going to put all five of them in my front yard. Like most of these are for other people, you know? So did, were you bummed when Trump lost then? Yeah, super bummed. Yeah, actually. Yeah, we which, is, which is interesting to me though because I know... I mean, I'm guessing here, and we've had conversations about it before, Dan, but I would say you're probably pretty fiscally conservative of a guy. Yeah. Um, and probably, like, when you talk about the religious aspect of things, I would imagine you're a conservative fella. Um, I mean, you, like, knowing you through college and stuff like that, like, you... You were pretty involved with your church, right? Yeah. So I would say, uh, I'm, and I'm actually still a registered Republican. Um, Biden was the first Democrat I ever voted for, if that tells you anything. But also, um, at least religiously, uh, American Baptists, which is you know what, what I belong to, they're very uh, socially progressive. Uh, a lot of American Baptists are affirming, which is affirming of the LGBTQ community. Um, and I am as well. Um, but also, I go to a super diverse church, so... You know, I take a lot of that stuff pretty seriously and, you know, talk a lot about it and, you know, try to be as activist as I can with a four and two year old running around. So, yeah. So, Dan, we're going to we're going to get on to the last uh, beer that we're sampling tonight that you brought over from Adroit. Um, It's a Russian Imperial Stout. We poured a little bit of it. Mike made a comment. It looks kind of like your general, you know, motor oil consistency. Uh, (laughs) This is a it's a heavy duty fella, 12 percent. Um, what, what do you think, Mike? What does it smell like? Uh, it smells, it's got kind of a, a you know, it's a sort of a, a coffee note to it. Yeah. It's kind of a, um, and also, you know, 5W30. Mm-hmm. Um, I but, think it could lubricate an engine. Wow. But, but you can, but I just taste, get a sip of it. it taste, you can taste the alcohol sp- in this one though, I think. Yeah. yeah this is pretty boozy. Yeah. <laughs> A little nutty, maybe a little, uh, fr- little. I think little it's, I think fruit. it's Jägermeister. <laughs> I think yeah. it's Jägermeister. Proof. We're drinking. 
This one comes across as a little bit, yeah. It's a, a twenty four proof. Yeah, kind of black licorice and 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 uh, gray snow. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Not yellow snow. That's yeah. good. Yeah, Adroit will do some really um, like kind of limited release type stouts where they'll do like a caramel macchiato coffee and they start throwing in all these incredible flavors into like a 22 ounce bottle and those are the ones that they actually mean you to sell her and they'll sell her them for six to nine months or whatever it is and then they'll take it out like goose island does um does like a barrel a barrel aged uh bourbon coffee type of thing and those are meant to be cellared and that's what uh adroit will do as well but you know the the lightest one I brought to you guys tonight was an eight percent. I brought that for Shane, but he hasn't he hasn't cracked into it quite. I'll yet. chug that. I think we're it, done. Yeah, in line with Shane will drink that on the ride home. It's a Russian Imperial Stout, and I think in line with that, it's kind of you know it's it tastes of hardship. Yeah, the gulag. Yeah, but I this would be good to drink in Siberia. It's, it's crisp. I mean, it's not it's not too heavy for a stout. But it's not like a uh, like a four point eight Guinness or whatever Guinness no, is. No, no, I mean it, it, it definitely packs a punch, but it, it's uh, it's it's more crisp than that. It's a good opinion. sipper. Yeah. Speaking of packing a punch, Mike. Yeah. Dan, do you remember a little thing I did um, with you guys called the Magical Mystery Tour? <laughs> uh, I remember bits and pieces of it. <laughs> so, to, so to give the audience a little bit of a heads up, um, this was an idea that was kind of passed on to me from some of my. Uh, older buddies at John Carroll where you know they would they would take guys to different bars but not really let them know where they're going so I thought for Dan's senior year like when he graduated from Carroll he him and a group of guys they were they were great guys you know I really enjoyed coaching them so after their senior year was done I said and you hey. were done too that was your last year at John Carroll as well okay I'll take your word for it I don't it all blends together um, I mean, all the championships and the accolades. I just—it's hard to keep track, fellas. <laughs> Coach of the year, Hall, every year, Hall of Famer. Right. But no, like, so I, I said, hey guys, I I, did, I told Dan and like I think there was maybe four or five of you guys. Yeah. I said, hey, just show up at my house, you know, Saturday at noon. Um, I got a little thing I want to do for you guys, just kind of show my appreciation, and have a little fun. So they show up, and I said, hey guys, we're going on a magical mystery tour. It was me and the the five seniors and the other assistant coach. And uh, the, the whole premise of the tour was we, we blindfolded the wrestlers, you know, the former wrestlers, I guess, at that point. And then we just set off in my car and would go to different bars, and they'd have no idea where we were going. So we blindfold them, you know, drive around the block a couple times, like go in all different directions and end up at just random dive bars. And uh, I mean, I think at one point we, we ended up, we were downtown at, at my brother's apartment. Yep. And at that time, he lived on like the sixth floor. And we, you know, and we're basically parading like blindfolded guys <laughs> around the city all day. You know, we're going. My brother lets us in like the back stairwell, and they're going up all these flights of stairs. And like at this point, they're pretty like they're we're hammered. They're hammered already, and yeah, they're like yeah. they're they're not knowing what's going on. So, what was your experience like with the Magical Mystery Tour, Dan? So I'll never forget that we started the night at Cerna's. And uh, in Bedford, we started in Bedford, and uh, the the other part that Jim didn't tell you about is that every beer we wa- every bar we walked into, we stayed blindfolded until after the first round, and if you <laughs> if, and if you guessed the first round, 
I think if you guessed the first round, like you didn't get a kick to the ass or something like that, but you had to guess what beer was in it. Yeah. And nobody knew what we were doing. I think the first beer in Cerna's, they only sold like Budweiser, Bud Light, and Coors Light, and probably like MGD or something. And we were all like, oh, this has got to be Stella, you know, because we're, you know, we're seniors in college. We didn't really know what beer we were drinking at the time. Different times. Things no have changed a bit. High life. Yeah. Things have changed a bit since we were in college. And we, I remember we were at a bar in Euclid. We went up to Euclid and uh, at, I mean, we, we made it around time. I mean, oh, we yeah. were like from Bedford to like downtown Cleveland to Euclid. Sokolowski's. To, I remember Sokolowski's. Yeah, I mean, it was, Sokolowski's. <laughs> it was, but it the, was a tour. Once we got downtown, though, you pulled out a deck of cards and we started to play a game where you just dealt uh, five five cards to each guy and whoever had the best hand had to pay for that round. We had to pay for a round at the bar and it was a ton of fun because you're rooting to have like the worst hand and I'll never forget that like four or five bars in I had bought four of the five rounds because I kept having these awesome poker hands and I remember we I went kept to, stacking the deck. Well yeah. sure. <laughs> we got to Sokolowski's and uh, I think Matt Harmon or somebody had like two pair and he goes, oh, I got two pair and I had a fucking full house. And I'm like, how the hell am I, am I still getting these good hands? But it was, it was easily the best $160 that I, that I got to spend that night. I'm sure you had a lot of money then yeah, too a, when you were a senior yeah. in college. What a, oh, yeah, what a dick I am. Hey guys, let's take you out for beers and I'm making Meisner buy all of them pretty much. <laughs> well, not, the, not remember the one, remember the bar that we went to in um, Euclid? It was the one Shane we used to go to on Thanksgiving the Thermidor. Remember the Thermidor? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember the wizard stick they had? There was like a thing on the wall. Maybe maybe that was a different time of Thermidor, but they used to have a thing on the wall. I walked in there, and it was like 26 Paps Blue Ribbon Tall Boys taped end-to-end. They were empty, but they were taped end-to-end in like this huge, crazy thing up on the wall. And then it looked like a wizard stick. Yeah. And I asked the bartender, I'm like, what is that? She's like, oh, that's our wizard stick. I'm like, well, what's the deal behind it? She's like, one night, some guy came in here and his buddies bet him that he couldn't drink like 24 Pabst Blue Ribbon Tall Boys in like an hour or whatever, two hours. And he did it. And obviously, like, he, he you know, he had a crazy time, but then they ended up taping him end to end all together. And it was like a permanent fixture on the bar. <laughs> like, it's like the motif, the wizard stick. Yeah, and um, and then that turned into a theme of wizard sticks. So the two things we ended up chanting most of the night was MMT, and everyone's like, "What the hell?" I mean, that must be like a weird MMA thing. Like these guys are all fighters. But we also started to chant wizard sticks, and I'll never forget ending the night at the treehouse. And the reason we ended the night is because I'm pretty sure the cops were called on us. <laughs> but we walk we walk in, and it's like one o'clock in the morning at this point. But we had been drinking since like four thirty. And we walk in, and Jim uh, goes to the bar and then comes back with uh, pineapple rings, fresh pineapple rings, and hands them out to every single one of us. What we didn't know is that those had been soaked in grain alcohol. So it's like 1 <laughs> For o'clock. For many, many months. Yeah, so it's like 1 o'clock in the morning, and I am shit-faced. And uh, he hands me a piece of fresh fruit, and I'm like, this is the greatest thing in the world. And then I stick the entire thing in my mouth and just chomp down on it and sure enough it's like three shots of grain alcohol in this like pineapple ring (laughs) but then we they ended up if this is your if this this is you trying to say thank you you're welcome yeah big thanks But uh, the other coach, who is my roommate at the time, ended up outside making out with some stranger. And uh, me and Matt Harmon and Ely at the time, we got these big, long sticks that we found in the ground and called them wizard sticks. And while he was making out with this, with this guy, young, <laughs> young person... <laughs> 
uh, we all ran up behind him and slapped him in the back of the thighs with our wizard sticks. And I'm pretty sure that's when the cops got called on us because we were beating people up with our. And our at that point, sticks. though, it was it was probably time to go anyway. Yeah. Yeah, it was definitely time so. to go. And it could have been like, it was probably like 9.30. Like, I'll say 1 o'clock because it sounds better, but <laughs> yeah. like if we started at 4, it was probably like 9.30. Yeah, it, it, we hit it hard and heavy. And it was then, still uh, light outside. Hit hard and, hard quit and fast. It. Yeah. Yeah. So who was the walrus at the end of that uh, Magical Mystery Tour? Not even sure. Yeah. I don't even know if it was a walrus. But I know that Dan brought some bourbon for us to sample. What do you got with us tonight? I did. So I was trying to figure out what to bring you guys because I've got... Um, I've got a nice little cellar going. They call it a bunker. Um, we read when you my, say they, who are you referring to? Uh, I can't tell you. Um, Your other friends that my, should be in AA. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Actually, they are also in AA with me. Don't tell anybody I'm here. Um, but uh, so I was trying to figure out what to what to bring you guys, and this is a, a Buffalo Trace, which shouldn't be that exciting for anybody that's been you know the familiar with bourbon over the last few years, because you can find it in the stores for like twenty four to twenty eight dollars. The thing that's special about this Buffalo Trace that I brought you guys is that it's a store pick. So what a lot of uh, different um, breweries will do, not breweries, what a lot of different distilleries will do is they'll offer the opportunity for uh, stores, bars, even private groups or sing, or you know just solo guys that are big into bourbon and kind of have a lot of pull. They'll allow them to come down and sample out of, um, out of a whole bunch of different barrels. And whatever barrel they like the best, they'll pick that barrel and then it's a single barrel so every bottle that comes out of that is just from that particular barrel and what's neat about that is that if you drink buffalo trace out of the store just a plain buffalo trace that you find in the store which is actually kind of harder to come by these days um, it's going to be a small batch so woodford uh, buffalo trace makers mark whatever they blend all these barrels together so that there's a consistency of taste so that you know, everything tastes the same. What's neat about the store picks is that one, they're harder to find because unless you know somebody that had the opportunity to do a store pick, um, unless you know them, um, it's going to give you a little bit of complexity. So there's going to be more cherry note. There's going to be more oak, tobacco. There's going to be some sort of in- intricacy to that to the store pick, the single barrel, than you'd find in a normal store. And what I've enjoyed is, you know, trying all the different types of store picks because it's just you know, a unique experience because it, again, it's one single barrel that can't be duplicated exactly. Um, so this single barrel Buffalo trace is specially selected by Mr. Whiskers. And I had, so, you know, it's good. Yeah. It's a cat. I honestly have no idea who Mr. Whiskers is. It's I like a cat party that runs with, around. I would like yeah. to party with Mr. Whiskers once. Mr. Yeah. Whiskers is in my AA group. Uh, he's a very good friend of mine. It's his code name. There's a, you're also in the AA group with Toonses, the driving yeah. cat. It's, it's actually just a bunch of cartoons. And Felix. Yeah. Um, but I've, I've tried well, to... Well, isn't like Buffalo Trace, I mean, I'm not nearly a bourbon connoisseur that you are, Dan, but isn't Buffalo Trace like the same big distillery that like some other really, really high-end bourbons are distilled yeah, at? Yeah, you're like right. Like Pappy Van Winkle yeah, and stuff, the, right? Yeah, the Pappy series is out of Buffalo Trace. The E.H. Taylor is out of Buffalo Trace. Um, Eagle Rare, which uh, again, used to be very, very easy to get and is a lot harder to come by. That's a 10-year bourbon out of uh, Buffalo Trace. I've actually toured there, and it's a a very, very cool tour. The tour guides are all also in my AA group. Those guys know more about (laughs) bourbon than I could ever possibly want to know. Um, This this bourbon here, this barrel will ruin your life right here. (laughs) 
as it ruined mine. See that barrel right there? <laughs> that was my first divorce. See that barrel right there? That was my second divorce. Yep. And all four kids came out of that barrel right there. <laughs> but I hope you guys enjoy it. And uh, we just opened this this bottle, so I have no idea. What so this is the first time you've even tasted this, Mr. Whiskers. Mr. Whiskers. Yeah. Well, uh, Mr. Whiskers pick. Mr. Whiskers and I have other stories that we can tell, but. But this is your first sojourn Cheers. into Cheers. Mr. Whiskers. Cheers, fellas. Let's see what uh, old Mr. Whiskers has up his sleeve. Mm. Is that a note of, like, kitty litter? Yeah, I think. Uh, the after part of kitty litter. So I'll start. I get a, a little bit of vanilla. Um, You're right. Yeah, I came across. Yeah, vanilla is probably, like, right at the front of the palate. But it's really sweet. Um I would say this is more caramely than some of the other single barrels that I've had. Most Buffalo Traces that I've had have been like oaky and cherry. This is more vanilla caramel, like very sweet on the on the tongue. And and all these different flavors you're you're getting are just straight. Basically, a lot of it has to do with like what barrel it was just like set and aged in, right? Yeah, but also the different places of the they call them rickhouse, the big barns where they store the barrels. Depending on the the height that they're stored at, you're going to get different points of sun you're going to get different points of heat and all like that humidity everything yep. takes a takes a place yeah all that's going to affect the barrel because the barrel should you know the barrel is going to be pretty consistent because it's virgin white oak so uh, like buffalo trace will sell a lot of their used barrels once they pull the bourbon out they can't use it again it has to be virgin white oak and they'll sell the barrels to wine companies they sell them a lot over to scotland um, I think Glenn Livet has a contract with like Maker's Mark where every Maker's Mark barrel goes to Glenn Livet and they age their well, stuff. What do you think would happen if you had a, a barrel of Buffalo Trace, you, you know, you, you tapped it or whatever and you, you use it and then you tried to reuse that same barrel to make bourbon? What, did, did anyone, did people do that or do you think that would just screw the whole thing up? Or No, it wouldn't screw it up. It, it, it just wouldn't legally be allowed. Uh, legally wouldn't be, be bourbon? Al- yeah, you couldn't call it bourbon. So in 1897, oh, God, boy. nerdy. Oh, jeez. Super nerdy. <laughs> Here we go. So... So Mike's Mike's got an E.H. Taylor bottle or a tube up on his shelf. You sold that to me. Oh, that's right. That was yours. Yeah, that was a present from Michael. That yeah. was like a four thousand dollar bottle, I think. Right, absolutely, Dan? Yeah. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I had to mortgage yeah. my house for that one, Michael. You're welcome. So before before the Bottled in Bond Act in the late 1800s, people big, used. I was to, a big proponent for that act too. You were, yeah. And uh, Mike, you co-wrote that, right? Yeah, got it yeah. across yeah. the goal line. I, Luckily, I you guys didn't have to read it. Yeah, if we had to read it, we'd be in trouble. <laughs> they passed they passed this act so that bourbon could be standardized. So instead of people being able to add tobacco, they used to add formaldehyde to it. They used to add all sorts of shit to it. That sounds bad. It's not great. Uh, they, they passed an act. So in order for it to be called bourbon, it had to pass these certain standards. And one of the standards is, is that it has to be aged in virgin, virgin white oak. oak. Yeah. My favorite kind of oak, virgin oak. Yep. White oak. Racist. <laughs> You're the one with the Black Lives Matter. If I had Black Lives five. Matter, <laughs> I had five. It's pretty good. I mean, I, I'm probably my palate's probably not as uh, sensitive as yours, Dan. But it, it's a it's a pretty smooth sipping bourbon. Yeah. Um, and again, I'm a, I'm a rookie when it comes to this stuff, but it's it's very enjoyable. I'm enjoying myself immensely right now. Well, yeah. thank you. It's I'm, tasty. I'm Shane, what do you think? I think it tastes like bourbon. <laughs> 
Well, there you have it from a true connoisseur. <laughs> no, I actually what a palate. I, I I taste a little like a cherry almost, like yeah. a little a little fruity. Well, we put a cherry in yours because we knew you wouldn't drink it otherwise. <laughs> yeah, that was a, there's mar- I'm, there's I'm maraschino. Thank you. There's maraschinos. <laughs> That's a Shirley Temple bourbon. <laughs> Most it's like an old-fashioned. It's like a Manhattan, right? They make yeah. it with like a little cherry and some sweet vermouth, right? Yeah, so um, in, if you want to be super fancy, you can splurge on the $26 can of Luxardo cherries. And um, mm, so, it's, yeah, so if you've ha- if you've had them, you know, and like you can go to a, once you've had them, you go to a restaurant, and you're like, I mean, are they, what are kind of they, are they that much use? better? Yes. They're really like rich. Like yeah. they're really like the, 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 the like... Trust me. Juice or whatever they're in is like really thick and dark. If and you like making cocktails at home and you like a man, if you like Manhattan, Manhattan's easy to make though. You just need sweet so you, bourbon and a little. So bitters. you have a, you have this big bourbon bunker, yeah. and do you prefer to just you know have have you know pour a finger of bourbon and drink that, or do you like making cocktails? Fingers. I like several fingers. I know you've always been a multi finger guy. Absolutely. Up, up until tonight, I've always had my bourbon out of sloppy seconds oak. So. <laughs> I, uh, this is this is, this is uncharted waters. Yeah, he's got several fingers in the sloppy <laughs> sloppy seconds barrels. You need to you need to at least drink three to four fingers. <laughs> yeah. of that to even get get a taste. No, I mean, and then know, go right to the doctor. In in true in true alcoholism fashion, I do not discriminate when it comes to any type of alcohol. I like I like a nice red. I'll do a white wine in the summer. I mean, even rosé has its place. But my wife and <laughs> shut, I are, shut your mouth. It's true. It's true. Don't, okay, don't so what's, so you what's your stance on White Claw? Um, at a lake house, absolutely. <laughs> if I'm at a lake house, I'll do a White Claw. I'll do a Truly, Truly. You do truly a, spin. You'll do a Smirnoff Ice. Yeah, while I'm on the water, absolutely. <laughs> I'll take a knee. I'll take a knee. I'll take it to the face. Have but, you ever Have you ever had a Zima? Like, were those things even balls. around? Do you remember balls with a Z? Not that really. was like the really oh, cheap. I know you're talking yeah, about the yeah, balls yeah. with a Z. That was like the cheap Zima. No, I I'll there drink, was a cheap, we, cheap Zima. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. There was a, yeah, there was. Hey, if there was a Milwaukee, there's a Milwaukee's best light. There's a cheap Zima. Yeah. No, I like I like gin martinis right now. Gin martinis is one thing that my wife and I will really enjoy. I do, I do like gin's one thing. I remember nah. when I was probably in like ninth grade, we were having a sleepover at my buddy's house. And my parents don't really drink. I mean, once in a blue moon, they'll have a glass of wine or whatever. But and even when my dad does have a drink, it's like the biggest like. What's the schnapps he likes? Yeah, it's I don't even know. It's like the girliest drink in the world. Peach. Like, it, it, it actually like it actually makes like White Claw look like badass. <laughs> so tough to do. So there would you know they would have parties all the time though, and people would always like bring booze over and just it ended up getting left at our house. So in our basement there was. You know, a stash of Seagram's, a couple dozen bottles of whatever, yeah. Just because they didn't really drink it, and it just got thrown down in the basement where no one went. So we were having a sleepover at one of my buddies' houses, and uh, you know, I'm like, "Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna steal a bottle, and they're never gonna know anyway." So I, I, I grabbed a bottle of gin. It was probably like a three quarter full bottle of gin, and we took it over there. So that, and it was that was probably like the first alcohol I've ever tasted in my life. Oh, it's not great. And it was horrible. I'm like, this is like taking a can of off and literally like spraying it in my mouth. So we we you know it was like, either one will keep the bugs away. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so we we uh, you know we probably each maybe like forced like two shots down, and 
it was horrible and it was like why do people do this this is so gross and then like the next like the friend whose house it almost scared you straight (laughs) i did and i was looking i was with a rehab at the day after my friend it was funny whose house we grew into those shoes whose house we were sleeping over like he was so freaked out that somehow like and this wasn't even like he didn't even steal this from his parents you know like i took it from my parents (laughs) and he was so freaked out that like people were gonna know so the next man might not even be the next morning it was like three in the morning He's like, let's go. And like, we're, we're walking into his backwoods and like, he's digging a hole in his woods <laughs> to bury this bottle because he somehow thought. Is it like, still there? It probably is. Like, who would have dug go. it up? The old time capsule. I mean, let's be fair. Like, he was like the biggest worrywart in the world. But it was, that was my first like, you know, experience with alcohol. And it was gin. And like, since that day, the thought of gin just makes me like, it gives you that thing in your throat where you're just like, Ugh. Like you, you want to want to kind of puke. It's so gr- I hate it. Yeah, like cheap rum does the same thing to me. But you know, you get to a point where you get bored with the immense amounts of alcohol that you're drinking on like a daily basis, and you just kind of have to reach out to, and try something else. No, like, I, let's try that. I get it. It's I the mean, gateway. That's how black tar heroin exactly ends up, ends up in the mix. Exactly. Right. And speaking of uh, my next gift that I brought you. <laughs> <laughs> You guys tie that rubber band around your arm. Yeah, and we got a lighter. Yeah, tie mine, chain tie mine. Got it. I think it probably is time. Yeah. Speaking of time, for five questions. Five questions, Dan. With our guest. This is the toughest part of my run. When I listen to you guys, when I'm running, the, the five questions. So why? Why is it that? I've been dreading this, just because. Oh, because you knew. It was I knew coming. it was coming. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Well, I don't think you have any idea. What's I thought about. you meant it was the least entertaining part. Of the show. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was going to say. I really yeah, got to finish the run and listen to this. I don't well, care. Also, Start your own fucking podcast. <laughs> I'm also on like mile point five. Like after an hour of running, I've like almost gotten to a mile. I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to die. I need a drink. I think that's called speed walking. <laughs> Crawling. <laughs> so so we, uh, I think Shane actually prepared majority of these questions. I might have I might have tweaked them a little bit, Shane. That's good. I they needed some tweaking. But, uh, they were a rough a rough draft. Yeah, no, I, I think it was a good start, and uh, I made them awesome. So I'm gonna give them to Dan. I'm gonna hand him the it was envelope. A rough start, and I made them awesome. <laughs> and uh, so here it is. Shane wrote some questions. They were super boring. <laughs> I threw in the garbage, and I made five questions. What's your middle name? What's your favorite color? <laughs> We all want to know. When's the first time you kissed a guy? Because mine was oopsies. <laughs> all right, so Dan. you laughed way too hard at that. <laughs> I just, I love, Shane, you know that I love making fun of you more than anything else in life. <laughs> what I always say, though, is I get made fun of for shit I didn't even do. That, that, we have that's other true. Friends. Shane, that's when you know you made it. <laughs> we have other exactly. friends that get made fun of for shit they did. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> All right, so view- I take some solace in that. View- Sorry, viewer- five questions. Viewer or uh, listeners, we don't have viewers, right? I don't think so. Listen, no. I'm not even sure we have listeners. <laughs> we, could, we could put a GoPro in the corner nice. one of these yeah. days. Okay. Um, God, these feel awfully pointed towards me, <laughs> and it shows because this is actually a printed piece of eight and a half by 11 paper it's, this is not scribbled on a, a cocktail napkin but it says five questions with dan meisner and my name is spelled right at the top which i'm pumped about except that i remember that my email is um has my last name in it i almost gave my email address out dan's podcast. email anyway <laughs> reach out to him on uh send him your question you'll get jim.airs hey at, if it's anything like our, what was it it was a fart net what was your no, cutting weight <laughs> We want a dot fart and a dot com on it. 
as many dots as you can get. Like if if you if you have to pay for the dot, like we're gonna have to limit them. But yeah, yeah. But I brought you guys beer. Like the ten dollars that I saved you guys tonight. I'm willing to bet that domain is still out there. Yeah. yeah. Hey, if, you, if your email is anything like cuttingweightedoutlook.com, you can get zero email. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Question number one. Have I ever made a pact with a friend that they broke? Oof. Shane. Yeah, I think you uh, – this was pointed one, so we'll, we'll get to the real answer, the actual, the actual answer maybe. But um, I'm going to go with you made a pact to do like a, a dry – January or sober October that or something. Stings. Sober October. <laughs> Great. I can't do that. I guess. And uh, yeah, one of your friends failed you, oh. and then you, or you failed them. Some something like that. that they broke. You're right. Okay. Yeah, they broke. So and, it wasn't then, about and then me. yeah. Interesting. I yeah. I think this might be like you. You know, you maybe had a relationship with a girl, and then you break up with that girl, and it's like, hey, if you guys could maybe lay lay off this girl, I'd appreciate it. Um, but then one of your friends totally banged that girl like the next weekend. That happens a lot in college. <laughs> Mike, was that you? Mike, you have something personal you that you? with us? I don't know. Did that ever happen? I don't, I don't think so. Well, I think maybe. Uh, no, I mean, I, don't, I think there was some intermingling that went on. Yeah, I don't know if there's, there's any packs that were made. Yeah, I think we, yeah, anyway. <laughs> we never shook on it. <laughs> we, never, we never crossed streams. It was several years apart. I'm pretty but, sure. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, what happens in Myrtle Beach, Mike? I don't know. What happens in Myrtle <laughs> what Beach? What happens in Lima stays in Lima. <laughs> yeah, or the Bayou Gator. Oh boy, that's or, a whole that's a whole different episode. What do you um, think, Jim? I think Shane was talking about like a dry January. I think maybe that there was like a story about dry humping. That uh, Dan said, "Hey, I really want to dry hump this girl." But his buddy said, I do too, but we're both going to not dry hump her. But they ended up, his buddy dry humping her before Dan did. Man, the evolution of your guys' answers <laughs> is really spectacular. You know, it went from dry January to Mike cheating on an old girlfriend with me, with, with cheating on me with an old girlfriend <laughs> to Mike, uh, to Jim. Yeah. Uh, God, I. Dry, it went from dry, dry January. To cheating, to dry humping cheating. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's, like, it's like really we didn't like what we latched onto a word in each other's answers. Yeah. We're playing telephone. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, I would next say... question: Did you ever dry January hump someone that you cheated with in January? <laughs> January in October. Dan, I would say. I would say Mike is the closest. Um, I, I had a hard time answering this question, but I do specifically remember, and for those that don't know, in the mid to late 2000s, John Carroll Wrestling's team By the was, way, this is a breach of protocol, because he's not allowed to answer these oh, questions. Oh, am I not allowed but, to answer? But I kind of want to hear the answer. Yeah, yeah. this one. We'll let it you answer this only one. You can, I mean, we're, first of all, I can't believe I'm close here. <laughs> yeah. But anyway. No, you nailed it. <laughs> I mean, the fact that you were close, I think, deserves an answer. And, and Mike also got to answer his questions on the episode that, of Mike of Mike Stahl. That's true. I mean, it's a it's a very loose yeah, rule that's true. here. So 
for those that don't know, the mid to late 2000s uh, John Carroll wrestling team was notorious for not respecting any boundaries with other wrestlers' girlfriends and, and, and ex-girlfriends. So This was historic. Yeah. This was a change in I mean, practice. Google it, people. Yeah, and you I guys, would say... Look up John Carroll, you'll see. <laughs> unabated. Yeah. It's bridled. There's actually a, there's actually a, a banner in Dolan Hall that that mentions that. But Shane mentioned she, like, like a may, champion. Maybe Everybody it was like slaps it on the way out. Maybe it was like a couple months later. No, it was the next day. It was the next day I had found out that one of my fellow wrestlers <laughs> had ended up sleeping over at my ex girlfriend's and uh, unapologetic too. He might have even been the one to tell me. Like he showed oh, you man. pictures. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Texting me while it's happening and I'm. <laughs> Balling in the other dorm, you know. So yeah, that that was really. Close. Oh, I'm sorry, I landed so close there. Yeah, yeah no, and was, you know, I had thought, I had forgotten about it. Good that times. Was, that was meant now. to be just a just a low pass. Yeah, I'm glad yeah. Mike's driving me or Jim's driving me home because otherwise, number two, it's gonna be a sob fest on the way into, home. Into yeah, a sorry, bridge Dan. embankment. Yeah, yikes. Number two, who do I look up to most in my life besides James? Ayers. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was the obvious a answer. Lot of so, these, yeah, I yeah. can see that one. Okay, was so rewritten. let's say second. Who does he look up to secondly? Oh, boy. Uh, just judging by the, the BLM signs, I'd say. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Barack Obama? I'd go with um, one, of your, one of your teammates. I would say probably. Yeah, I was going to say Ryan Summers. Well, was Ryan Summers your age? Wasn't he your age? No, he was a couple years older than me. Yeah, but you yeah, look up still to him. He still is, actually. He still, yeah, but yeah, that's the way but you look up to him. And you're, I mean, yeah. you're short, so you look up to most people in general. That stings. I don't know if that was appropriate. We got no. quite a run of short guests here. <laughs> you, might be the, you might be the tallest of our last three guests of Sean Feed and Jerry Simmons. That feels good. That yeah, feels actually, good. yeah. <laughs> So, we don't have a lot you, of room here. Sorry, Sean and Jerry. You can tallest hang, one. Yeah. You can hang your head on that. Um, I'm going to say E.H. Taylor Ooh. from Ooh. from the E.H. Taylor Distillery. I want to be in a tube. I'm not sure who he even is, but judging he's, by he's your colonel. your love. Oh, sorry. He's a Kentucky colonel, really, not colonel. like a real colonel, well, well, you're right? Si- you're sitting with a goddamn colonel right now. No, this would be respectful. Colonel retired. MC Stull. But. Uh, I would say E.H. Taylor. I mean, he started something that was great. He seems to be a great bourbonite. Yep, that's actually the, the correct term. Yeah, bourbonite. <laughs> so uh, that's Bourbon. my guess. Bourbonite is a rock formed of bourbon. <laughs> you took uh, that geology class, didn't you, in college, Mike? Rocks for jocks. <laughs> he taught it. <laughs> rocks for jocks. <laughs> so, Shane, did you even answer yet? No, he hasn't. Yeah, he said his teammate. He said, like, Ryan Yeah, Summer. he said something so, oh, totally God. boring. Not Someone that wasn't even on his same team. He was, like, they, he was like two years older than him. They Shane, were on the same team. Just work the board. All right. Who do you really look up to, Dan? Am I allowed to answer something? No, go to number three. Okay, number three. <laughs> number three. Next. If I could caddy for any pro golfer, this is Ooh. a great question. Who would it be and why? And why, Shane? You can't just name Tiger Woods. You can't just say E.H. Taylor this time. Like like Jim just. Oh did. my God! Here he goes again. Good Lord. Um, I, you know, you know what? I'm gonna say you would love to caddy for Bubba Watson, because it's hairy arms. Because I, I feel like I feel arm. like he has certain. Just I feel like he has similar values to you because he's like a Southern Baptist fella. I'm, I'm American Baptist. There's a difference. Well, America's in the South too. 
Well, are they? Not, not according to a lot of people in the South. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh, I think he talks a lot of shit, but I think you would like giving shit back to him. And I think you guys might make a good couple because, you know, you guys would just kind of do your little banter and work well together. So I'm saying Bubba. I fucking love Bubba Watson. I really do. Okay, why are you talking? Sorry, Let's, you're right. Okay. Yeah, Shane? Remember the rules. Is, um, first question, though, is, is John Daly sober now or no? Not sure. No. No? Okay, then it's John Daly. He would like to jump. Because <laughs> they would be able to share drinks the entire time. And as we've been talked about. But John Daly probably only drinks like White Claws and they just like Rams Marlboros, you know. So yeah. I don't know. If, like, oh, Dan, would, Dan would get anything. bored. I think Dan would get bored with John Daly's choices of consumption. But you're entitled to your opinion, as wrong as it is, Mike. Yeah, I'm going to say somebody kind of. Maybe not an elite golfer, but somebody kind of middle of the road, but somebody that has a good, somebody like a, a Jason Duffner or a Charlie Hoffman that just kind of, you know, good striker of the ball, fun guy, likes to party. Yeah, those are the guys I want a caddy for. Yeah, exactly. Can I share just a very quick story? No. So, Next question. <laughs> so uh, I, go ahead, go ahead. Share a story. Real quick. We're, we're going to edit this so, out. But so yeah, if, you feel, <laughs> if you feel Please like edit So I shared uh, some pictures of my E.H. Taylor collection with uh, an Instagram uh, influencer. Jeez, Jim. An Instagram influencer. And they posted my pictures on their site. This dude's got like thousands and thousands. And the first person to comment was, holy shit, this was awesome. And it was Scott Stallings, who's on the PGA Tour and is playing at the uh, Waste right? Management this oh, weekend. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, you know who missed the cut uh, or missed the uh, Monday qualifier? Charlie Belgian. Just a inside, inside joke, Holy inside story. Shit, what day is it? Thursday. Thursday the fourth, February fourth. I have about four hours to enter us into that fantasy golf thing I talked about. Mm. We haven't even talked about that yet. But Take Bubba Watson. Next episode. John Daly. Sure, people will love that. Charlie All right, next Hoffman. question. Next question. What was the? Oh God. What was the last website I visited? Oh boy. Oh boy. I mean, there's a lot of light, there's a lot of low hanging I mean, fruit here. If I looked, if I thought about it as what was the last website I visited, <laughs> it could take a it could yeah. take a turn. Your wife listens sometimes, Weird. Jim. So no, she's aware. She knows. <laughs> um, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with this, but it's probably more about me than Dan. But I, I that seems been, right. I've been because it's always about me, Dan. <laughs> we know. I've been obsessed lately with TikTok. <laughs> we know. I've uh, I fell yeah. down a rabbit hole that I can no longer get myself out of. This is the first time you've ever been communicating more with my 12 year old son than me. But uh, yeah. he, he posts some great videos, Mike. <laughs> he does. I mean, in his defense. <laughs> so I'm gonna say I'm gonna, I'm just gonna go on a limb and say I mean TikTok's not a website per se, but it's an app. I mean I think that can count too. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna just go with TikTok because you wrote the questions. Shane actually came up with most Yeah, I came of them. up with that one. Oh, okay. So go fuck yourself. So that seems I'm going to say TikTok. That got harsh. That seems fair. I'm going to say TikTok. Yeah, Shane, what do you think? Um, I'm going to say a uh, a bourbon, bourbon review site that lists bourbons. I'm going to combine the two. I'm going to say bourbon grannies. <laughs> it's it's almost like Urban Grannies, which I think is actually a site. Don't ask me how I know uh, that. I'm gonna say it's a slash between pornography and his interest in bourbon, and maybe a nod to just the older women here. But I'm gonna say bourbon, bourbon, 
granny and babes. if that's not a real site like we need yeah, to start we that need to start, yeah <laughs> add, add that to the fart.com or fart.com <laughs> slash weirdly <laughs> weirdly mike's backslash four for four. bourbon grannies mike is four for four number five <laughs> wow would i rather, you probably know mike the least but he's like into your head <laughs> yeah it's actually, actually really worrisome number five would i rather give up alcohol you guys should be able to answer this after this episode would i rather give up alcohol for an entire year or give up my cell phone for a whole month i feel like those are cell phone cell phone yeah easy yeah. Yeah. I didn't really. I, I guess I didn't. I, I didn't anticipate your high level alcoholism <laughs> when that last question was written. And I appreciate that. That was good that we had a quick one at the end, though. To, Is that fifth? Fifth. Can we do a bonus question? Absolutely. Sure. Do I get to this? Is the it? first no. person that's ever had a bonus question? Wow. Would you give up drinking for a year? No. <laughs> okay. Well, that. <laughs> Would you would you would you do a shot of blood <laughs> in order to allow you to drink for the rest of the year? So if you didn't do the shot of blood, like it's it's a dry yeah, yeah you're yeah. it's a dry it's a dry three sixty five. If you don't Peter do the Cimarroni's shot blood? of blood, <laughs> it's it Pete Simaroni's blood from Blood Times. Yes, yes. Grand Fall Tigers. <laughs> yes yeah. to the rest of that question. <laughs> well, I think there you have it. That's a great show, everybody. It is. I that, that worked. That was better than I thought it was going to be. Oh, yeah. Thanks, Shane. <laughs> Shane set the bar really low, and uh, I think we, we just thought, coming off such a good episode, and then you know we had Meisner on. I thought, yeah, I don't know how it's going to work out. Yeah, that really stinks. <laughs> but there was an there was a real interest from from uh, from Dan to be on the show, and it was like, like obsession. That, that's fantastic. So we're so we're really excited about it. But then we also thought about like messing with you and being like, hey, we reviewed your bio and some of your interest in. We decided to go in a different direction. I, I kid you not, I would have burned this cab to the ground. I would have found out. He would have been sitting right outside. Like, no, no, like, honestly, like I got a text from Stall midweek. I'm like, here, I emailed Shane and Stall the bio yeah, that you sent, yeah. and Stall's like, oh my god, he seems like totally like he can't wait to do this. He's like. Let's fuck with him and tell him and tell him that you know. I would have been like what? the girlfriend in uh, in the Water Boy where she's holding the sign outside the window. Do you do you want me to kill him? What is you? What did? Uh, but we talked about like, hey, like, what time do you want to meet up? Do you? What time do I need to get there? And, and I was like, Dan, I'm like, like, Dan, you don't need to know. It's yet. on a need to know basis. We don't want to know. You, you don't need to know yet. When you need to know, we will let you know. I threw my phone across the room when I got that text message. And I'm like, fuck, I need to know now. I'm so excited for this. So, day. future guests and listeners, if you're out there, one, bring your own libations. Two demonstrate any kind of interest at all <laughs> three um you know have a have a tolerance for some alcohol but i hope you've enjoyed listening to the show tonight i know we've enjoyed it and then, uh dan thanks for coming thanks for having thanks me. dan thanks dan and yeah, the beers were great whiskey's awesome and uh it's bourbon we're gonna bourbon take was awesome keep listening yeah we're gonna take you out to another uh cutty weighted outlook.com uh cutty weight on twitter Clown instagram Park. And pretty soon at clownpenis.com. <laughs> All right, have a great weekend, guys. Enjoy.
is a plan, and we just can't find the sound.